Welcome to The Pleasure Provocateur, a weekly devotion to pleasure that invites the erotically curious to break free of cultural conditioning and dive deep into the realms of erotic exploration. I'm your host, Larae, erotic embodiment coach and founder of Slutty Girl Problems, supporting you to let go of shame, empower your pleasure, and embody and express your authentic self. Join me on a journey as we unravel the intersection of sex and society to cultivate deeper connections and expand and embolden our pleasure. This episode is part of the Erotic Artistry series, bi-weekly conversations with sex-positive artists where we explore art's powerful influence to shift paradigms and empower our erotic expression. Hello, my loves. Welcome to The Pleasure Provocateur and happy new year. This episode is full of so much wisdom from Brianne Hogan. We are talking all about being single, dating, relationships, and how are we intentionally choosing? Who do we want to be in relationship with? And when we're not in relationship, how are we intentionally filling up ourselves, our confidence, our cup, our self-worth, and really disentangling ourselves from society? messages about what relationships should be and getting on the relationship escalator to get really real about what we want and to be like, I'm not going to just follow this conventional path. I'm going to create my life and not wait for somebody else and really build a life that feels meaningful to me. And how do we do that when partnership maybe isn't coming to us or isn't our goal or when we're taking an intentional break right now? One of my favorite things that we talked about is also sexuality and just how playful it can be to play with those energetics. It's not just about you know penetration or genitals or orgasm. But all of the ways that we find ourselves being flirty and connected. And then when we think about dating, the ways that we're showing up and being present in the moment, how are we regulating our nervous systems and using our nervous systems as a tool and a compass to be like, okay, this actually isn't working for me. I'm going to put my piece first. There was just so much wisdom that came out of this and me having recently gotten out of a very toxic relationship and then taking some time to be intentional and slow with dating and being with myself and not rushing into a relationship. This was just such an eye-opening conversation for me. So I know that you're going to love it. Before we go on, I also want to let you know that my coaching for 2024 is open. I have opened my books. I did a Q&A on my personal Instagram and Slutty Girl Props Instagram that you can go check out in the highlights called Coaching, answering all of your common FAQ questions and your niche questions too about what coaching looks like. And I just wanted to share a little bit about it with you here. My coaching is open to all genders and orientations. It is open for solos and couples to really dive deep into the patterns in pleasure that you are hoping to maybe navigate or new things that you want to welcome into your life, whether that's kink or opening up a relationship, being ethically non-monogamous or poly, or simply just increasing that energy and magnetism and your dating life and your pleasure. And I'm not just talking about physical pleasure. I'm talking about the ways that we connect, that we communicate, that we open ourselves 
up to vulnerability and intimacy and connection and find meaning and go deep with somebody. Oh, just those soul bearing yummy parts. And how do we do that more and more skillfully and more openly and lovingly so that we have pleasure in so many ways in our lives. And something that we talked about today on the podcast is building that with friendships and in our career and in our communities. And I truly think that coaching and when you learn these tools, whether it's inner child work or boundaries or attachment style and communication, it all supports every single aspect of our lives. It radiates out into our friendships, our careers. And the more that I have sunk into this work personally, the more that it has just enriched and fulfilled my life in every way. So I am so excited to share it with you. You can go find the link in the show notes below to apply for coaching. We'll hop on a call, answer your questions, and explore if it feels like the right fit. And then I would love to coach you and support you in the next leg of your journey. I have three months, six months, and longer packages. And it is just such a beautiful way to arm you with the tools and skills to really create what you want in your life. So you can go apply in the link in the show notes below. I also want to give a special shout out to Magic Wand, who is always the amazing partner that we have been working with on these guest episodes for the past few months. They are so amazing. And I just got the Magic Wand Micro. It is so freaking cute. It is the size of a keychain. It's just like the tiniest little vibe, still just as powerful. And oh my gosh, I wouldn't say it's like just as powerful, but it's as powerful as you're going to get it in this tiny little in this tiny little package. And I can bring it along in my purse now. Power pocket size, it says here right on the box. I love Magic Wand. The OG with the two speeds, the original, was like my tried and true for a long time until the rechargeable came out. And the rechargeable has some more speeds and patterns that just rock my world. Uh, anyway, go check out their link in my candid review in the show notes below because I just freaking love them. So without further ado, here is the episode with Brie. I am so excited for you to listen to it. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. And I am wishing you all the most beautiful manifestations for 2024 as you go on your journey in life, love, sexuality, connection, and most of all, the meaningful connection that we have with ourselves. Hello and welcome, my pleasure seekers. I am so excited to chat with Brienne today, who is a relationships and dating writer all over the place and the host of the podcast, Seriously Single, all about the radical truth of a single woman. I'm so excited because I have been single on and off throughout my life, but honestly, I've kind of like relationship hopped a lot. Mm. And uh, this has been my first time kind of like really embracing singlehood intentionally for the past year or so. And really focusing on me. So I'm so excited to chat with you today about all your single insights and go deep on the experience. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to talk about being single. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped. So uh, what inspired you to start this podcast? It's been so much fun to hear about all of the different angles that you're chatting about, not just the exciting positives and freedom, but the challenges too. So um, what inspired you to start being vocal about it? Honestly, it's because I've been single for like most of my adulthood. So I talk about this actually in like my first episode of the podcast where I was like, I've always been single, but I've never really talked about it. It's just been kind of like something that I guess my friends and my inner circle know about me. And I've just 
than Brianne. So like I go to weddings by myself or I travel by myself or, you know, like I move across the country by myself and I've never really thought to like own that because I still think there's such a stigma attached to, especially as a woman being so single and so independent. So I think it was me finally embracing like, Oh, look at all that I've accomplished and look at this life that I've been able to have for myself. Why am I not singing from the rooftops that like I'm single and look what I've look what I've done, look who I am, instead of kind of like shying away from that because yeah, I think I, I've also been kind of like, well, why am I single and why don't I have a plus one or why am I not traveling with someone instead of flipping that and being like, but yeah, but how cool is it for me to actually do these things on my own? And I love doing these things on my own. So why am I not telling people like this is a cool way to live? You know what I mean? So I love that. Yeah, I feel like there's so much societal shame and stigma, um, even though I've been in a a lot of long-term relationships. I have um, traveled solo and done a lot solo. And so much of my my business has been built in these times where I'm not distracted by dating. Like I always have my most major business growths when I'm not in a relationship because I'm actually focusing on building the things that I'm passionate about and doing the things that make me me. Whereas I feel like when I've been in relationships, I can kind of like lose myself or I invest so much energy into making it work and communicating and spending time together that I just don't have time for these other things that make me me. And those moments are really valuable. They are. And I also think there's also, I, I talk about this too on the podcast, there's this thing about we think we're waiting. We're, we're in this waiting room. Like if we're not in a partnership with someone, we're waiting for that to happen. So a lot of us can put our life on hold and we don't do the things that we really want to do or we're doing them with the expectation that someone's going to come in eventually and somehow make our lives better. But the fact is, why are we doing that to ourselves? Like your life right now, whether or not you're partnered is meaningful and you owe it to yourself to make yourself happy and live the best possible life. And the person who may or may not come in because some people don't want to be partnered and that's totally fine. And that actually isn't talked about either. But like, if they come in, that's just the cherry on top of the Sunday you created for your life. Like, that's not the whole Sunday. A person should never be the whole Sunday of the fucking life. Like, I'm sorry. It it should just be like the part that enhances it. And if it doesn't enhance it, that why bother? I'm sorry, but why bother? Yeah, it is so true. And I think that that's a trap that I've honestly kind of fallen into. Like, I really love love. I love diving into love. And I wouldn't say that I've necessarily waited around to build my life for it. But I do kind of like when I'm in these moments of... uh now, especially taking an intentional detox from Mm -hmm. relationships Mm -hmm. and intentionally not dating, I kind of look around. I'm like, what else is bringing me meaning? Because I've built things in my career and I've traveled and I've done all this, but like trying to fill myself up with so much more and make my life that Sunday. And I feel like sometimes I've definitely been like, oh, but I love like sitting with somebody at a bar and Mm -hmm. flirting or like driving around the country with somebody else and, you know, going to Vegas 
this and all these fun things that I've done with partners. But then when I actually look back at the reality of the relationship, I'm like, okay, I'm playing the highlights reel and telling Mm -hmm. myself that that's how it is all the time. When in reality, it was a lot of nights kind of unhappy or in an argument or compromising on the things that make me me and not embracing myself that there was actually so much that being in a relationship in the particular ones that I was in was taking from me. Uh, whereas being single, I now get to give those things mm-hmm. back to myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah, being single is a very powerful time to, to do that, to work on yeah. yourself, to work on yourself. Yeah. What are some of the ways that you have gotten super deep with yourself to really fill that space in like meaningful, intentional ways that light you up? Uh, I think, uh, honestly, the last few years have been the most potent for me because I've actually been, and I think COVID and the pandemic actually really helped with that because I was by myself. I moved to a city across the country where I knew no one and I was by myself for most of the pandemic. So my God, talk about being single and alone. (laughs) But, But it was really powerful because it allowed me to really look at myself and to really do a deep dive into who I am and ask myself questions that I don't know if we actually take the time to do so. Like, what are things that I'm, I'm ashamed of about myself? What are the things that like, Mm. which is, that's a whole other conversation because it's like some deep shadow work that I think is very, it's, it's crucial. I think to one's development because you really get to understand yourself in terms of why you do what you do. What are your patterns? Why have you shown up in your life the way you've shown up? And including in relationships like that, I've had to get really honest about like, why am I single? I've had to ask myself that. Like, why have you been single for so long? Why? Why? (laughs) Like, that's the biggest question. Like, why? And also acknowledging the things that I'm ashamed of, but also celebrating things about myself too. So a lot of inner work, I think, has been primarily the biggest stuff that I've been able to do over the last few years. So I can truly understand myself, accept myself, which is huge and love myself, which is huge because I think, you know, we say, Oh, I love myself. I love myself. Do you? Because that's a big job. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard because we know ourselves the most intimately. And sometimes I actually think that I was looking to relationships to run from or distract from facing those dark parts of myself, right? Like I had overcome so much sexual shame and shame about kink and about being poly. But then I was kind of like, losing or when when things would get uncomfortable when I was solo I would just be like give me the next distraction the next hit Mm -hmm. like it can kind of be like a high but it's um, ultimately distracting me from those deeper questions that I've been asking myself now Mm -hmm. and asking myself like what is it that I'm running from like Mm -hmm. do I have trouble being alone or do I feel like my life doesn't have meaning or purpose and if so what would bring it meaning and purpose um, when I've built my life in so many ways, finding meaning and purpose and helping a partner or growing a partnership or like, you know, my whole work is surrounded by sex and love and relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I just sometimes consume that all the time. And it's so interesting to chat with you where your life is also surrounded by sex and dating Mm -hmm. and relationships in your professional life, but approaching it different in your personal life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, too. That's, that's another thing that I, I find really actually ironic about myself is that I write a lot about sex and relationship. 
and I offer a lot of wisdom or advice or I talk to people who, who give their wisdom and advice. And then it's like, but I'm not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like <laughs> because it's like I give great advice about toxic relationships, but ooh, do I love me a good one. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, honestly, I was in a situation for like five years with my ex-boyfriend of, from 20 years ago, which is a whole other story. And I knew different. Like, I knew better. But I still did it. Like, I, I still let myself pursue it. And, you know, you know, different do, do I, I mean, that's another thing. So that's about like the whole like uh, shadow work or like self-development that I had to like really be honest about myself. I'm like, you say, you know, better Brianne, but if you know better, you would do better. So obviously there's, yeah. there's well, sometimes I feel like our, our mind knows what is right. And yeah. then like we, our heart falls into like these familiar patterns that we're so used to. Yeah. Uh, like I've realized I just keep dating my mom over and over. She yeah. just looks different. <laughs> she's like you know but these people are just embodying these characteristics that play like my own childhood traumas um and it's like kind of trying to distance myself from that now I can't date my mom one more time (laughs) right 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 yeah and I get that I've been I've been chasing after my dad so I mean it's like Brianne when are you just going to heal that part of yourself and so be attracted to someone different and that was a huge thing and I I kind of broke the cycle this past summer with just a short term thing, but it was somebody who was completely different than any man that I've ever had been kind of involved with, if you want to say that, because he was so into me and I was so used to guys who are not into me. Mm. So I'm used to like, the, I'm used to chasing somebody. And when someone is interested in me, I run away. So that's been my pattern. So this guy finally like put a mirror up to myself and was like, Brianne, like, don't run and just enjoy what this man is trying to give you because it's actually good for you to break the cycle of what you're doing to yourself, which is ultimately not giving me what I want. So yeah, yeah. I love that. What did it like feel like to be with somebody that was embodying such different qualities? What did that bring up in you? Well, I was fucking scared. <laughs> I was so scared. Yeah. Um, it was just so uncomfortable for me. When I say scared, it was more like uncomfortable, more like um, why? So that was another piece of like self-worth that I've been working on. Like, why do I feel scared when someone's interested in me? And why do I question why someone's interested in me? Because that's another thing that would come up. I'm like, why is he so into me? Like, what's his problem? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Sometimes I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, all right, give me, give me your other deck of cards here. Yeah, like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean. I mean, it turns out there was a lot going with his personal life and we didn't work out for a reason. But I have to say, I know his feelings were genuine for me and the amount of affection and attention that he showed me, which was something that I was starved from with my ex who was giving me just breadcrumbs. um, I finally had like a loaf of bread and it, it felt nice. And I was like, okay, finally I have a loaf of bread and I, and I like having it so it gave me that feeling and this embodiment which is so important because you do need to feel it in the body you can't just be in the mind about what you know to be true so it did feel good to be like oh okay like I actually like eating a loaf 
So maybe I should try to like make that my priority than crumbs. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, I love that so much. I feel like so much of it comes to like nervous system regulation and also asking ourselves, how does my nervous system feel around this person? How does my nervous system feel alone? How can I soothe that? Because I'll like get into situationships or like dating situations where I'm chasing excitement and that feels really good. And then once it starts to feel bad, I I hold on to that vision and that hope of who that person once was to keep looking back and be like, no, let's just get back to that good part, back to that good part. But it's not being honest with like what they're doing to my nervous system now, whether it's that now I'm chasing for affection or that it's uh, toxic and chaotic and argumentative, like whatever it is, like my nervous system, our nervous systems don't lie and that we can be in that safety. I love that you say like, it's not crumbs, it's the whole loaf of bread because that's just like that security that uh, it brings when you feel soothed and held. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a a nerving feeling if you're not used to it. And so that was something that I've, I had to just really, I wrote about it because I'm a writer. So that's something that helps me process my feelings is, is to journal or to write. And the more I write about it, the more I can tease the meaning out of it. And I'm like, okay, like this is, this is what I've been experiencing. This is, this is the meaning behind this whole situation that I, I was in and I can take that with me, you know? And so I can like, remember that, like, even though we're not together and it wasn't meant to be, it was like, I can take this lesson and hopefully apply it moving forward, which I think is important because I do think we all meet people for a reason. It's just up to us to find that meeting. But yeah, yeah, I feel like it's such great mirrors into what we need to heal and shift. And like, I totally agree. People come in for a reason and then we also let them go for a reason. And instead of like looking back and wondering what could have changed or been different, like some of that's good information so that we can grow for the future. But sometimes we just need to learn how to fill up our own cup. Um, I love that you really mention um, or talk deep about like filling up your own cup and bringing yourself that joy. And like you said, the whole Sunday. So how do you actively generate that in your life, that excitement and joy and passion when you aren't in a connection? I think it's really important to know what motivates you, like what what's interests you, what makes you passionate, what makes you happy. You know, I think as I was saying, sometimes we don't ask ourselves questions like what is, what are your favorite things to do? Some people just don't know. Right. And so it's, I think yeah. it's, it's worth taking that time, that self inventory to ask yourself, like, what do you like? Like, what does make you happy? And a lot of it is just really related to what really lit you up as a kid. You know, like mm. what it's so, because kids are so innocent and it's so innate and everything that we love, I think is so, is so connected to who we are now, like as children. And I think we lose that. And like, for me, it was always creativity and art and animals and nature. And I think if we really just go back to basics of like, what really makes you feel like you, like your favorite you, and maybe that is doing some inner child work, like, I don't know, but sometimes it can be as simple as like, what makes you happy? And some people don't know what that is until they actually ask themselves what that is. And I think, yeah, right. Like, and I think the more you keep going on that, like, that question train of like, what makes me happy? What makes me curious? And then you can start building your life with those things. 
I love that so much. I think especially for folks who have been in long-term relationships and are just going through a breakup, or maybe they've been in a lot of relationships since they were young. So often we can find ourselves molding our personalities to fit like either what we want somebody to think that we are or what we think society tells us that we should be, and we lose sight of ourselves. And whenever I'm coaching folks that are going through this transition in their own lives, I say the same thing. I'm like, make a list of everything that you liked when you were a kid, when you were a teenager, when you were a young adult, and go back to those things. Like for me, I love spirituality and witchy stuff and astrology, and I love ghost stories and aliens. Mm -hmm. And like, it sounds kind of silly, but then it's like, okay, now I'm going to listen to all these podcasts and audio books about all this random stuff. And it just fills up my life with um, so much meaning that isn't work-related or relationship-related, but it just feels like a natural expression of me. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, Somebody said, I I forget who, but it was like, focus on becoming your favorite you. Like, who's your favorite you? And like, my favorite me is when I'm being playful or when I'm dancing or when I feel like connected to animals or nature or like, that's when I feel like my best self is coming out, you know? And I think if we remember those parts of ourselves, like automatically you're filling up your own cup, you know? And yeah. I was actually working on this recently in therapy because um, so many of like my memories where I feel like I was my best me were in connection. Like I have these memories of like car dancing in the car, like making silly jokes with um, my partner. But when I look back and I think like, where did that energy actually generate from? It wasn't generating from them. It was generating from me. Like I'm the jokester. I'm the one that puts on the music and dances in the car. It's just, I was kind of doing it in reflection with somebody else, but really we have the power to bring that out in ourselves. And even if somebody's looking back and is like, oh, but my partner was so funny. It's like, yeah, but you laughed. So you have a sense of humor. That means that that humor is in you. It's just reflecting a part of you that you want to cultivate or develop now. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually what love is because we think love comes from the other person, but they're just reflecting us what's already inside of us because we already do have love within ourselves. We are made from love. So if you're spiritual, you kind of believe in that stuff. I don't know who does, but I do. So like- I do too. (laughs) So if we're already love, and I think that's where like we get lost in connection because we think I can only feel this feeling from this person. This person mm. is the only way that I'm experiencing this. If I lose that person, I'm going to lose this feeling. But that's not true because that feeling's already within you. They're just, like you just said, they're bringing that out from you that already exists. So if you can yeah. remember that, like you're choosing to love that person because the love's already inside of you. You just decided that that person's going to be your object of affection and you're just going to give that love to them. But it's not that they're giving you that. Well, they do give love back to you. But you know what I mean? It's like, You've just chosen that person to already bring out what already exists. Absolutely. Yeah. And so often I think we also build it on, um, oh, this person accepts me. They see me for who I am. And it's like, why are we waiting for somebody else's validation and acceptance and them seeing us for us to feel worthy of being seen and accepted and loved? It's like, I already can see myself and love myself and know myself. I don't need to have that reflected to feel that way inside. But sometimes we feel like it's only if somebody else validates this in me that I'm allowed to feel that way. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's why people want to be single. They don't want to be single for that reason, because there's not that person who's reflecting back all that validation, all that worth. And 
it's really hard to give yourself that. And I will say that as a single person, I, I do think it's a struggle, especially if you know, you're, you're self-critical or uh, like me, or you're like a perfectionist and you're always striving. It's hard to actually be with yourself and validate yourself and be like, no, like you're good enough and you're, you're amazing. And like, you know, it's kind of weird to say that it does, it does feel funny, but at the same time, it's like, if you can't have that relationship with yourself, then I don't think you can actually have that with another person. That's so huge. Cause yeah, like I think that we often rely on a partner to be the one that cheers us up on a bad day. For me, like I tend to overwork and especially when I'm single, I throw myself into my work. But now that I'm intentionally taking a break, I'm also intentionally taking a break from like working super late mm. and not doing that either. And I realized that relationships were giving me permission to relax at the end of the night because mm. it was a good reason to turn off work and spend time with somebody and like one of my partners would always run me a bath when mm. I was having a bad day or cook me a meal and I'm like but I can run myself a bath and get myself champagne and if I want to mm. put a bath bomb in there rose petals I can like but why have I not given myself the permission that I'm allowed to do that for myself mm. and it's just this like anything that you felt like your partner was giving to you and providing to you asking yourself how can I give that to myself and why have I not allowed myself to give that to me? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm really good. That's a, the that's a thing about me, though, because someone asked me about this on my podcast. Um, I'm really good at self-care. I will say that. I think it's because my moon's in Taurus. So I'm very good. I love that. <laughs> I'm a Taurus Mercury, so I think I'm good about self-care, but I'm not good at doing it. <laughs> so I'm really good at it. So that is a, that is a gift. That is a strength of mine where I will draw myself a nice bubble bath. I will put the candles on. I will just treat myself to a good meal or a massage, like whatever, just because I want to take care of myself. And I know that it feels really good to do so. And I think, why not? Like, why am I, who, why am I not doing this for myself? And if it makes me feel good, then why am I not going to give it to myself? So, I mean, maybe like baths and massages don't feel good to other people, but like, what does make you feel good? And why aren't you doing that for yourself? Because you should be. <laughs> Yeah. And also the mental reframe of like, sometimes I get into the habit where I have all this self-care stuff that I know I could do, but it's almost like checking the self-care box. So it feels like another chore and I'm working on reframing like, no, like you actually deserve to sit here and enjoy it and relax and like put on something that makes you smile and to f let it seep into your body and not just be your self-care checkbox to make right. your life a little better. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, self-care is pleasure though, right? So at least we can reframe it that way if we want. So if we, if, yeah. we, if, if we see it as I'm, this is another form of pleasure that I'm giving myself, then it doesn't really seem like that. It feels like you're, you're taking care of yourself in a really pleasurable way because I, I think life, I mean, I'm a Capricorn too, so it's very hard for me to say this, but like, I think life is to be more enjoyed. So that's why I think me being single and me trying to say to people, enjoy your life as a single person, because I think life should be enjoyed all around. Like I know there's hardships and don't get me wrong. I'm not spiritually bypassing anything, but at the heart of everything, I do think we're here to enjoy ourselves. And I don't think that there should be any kind of external circumstances that prevent us from doing so, including whether or not we're in a relationship. 
Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I feel like our society in so many ways has just like programmed us to feel so stressed and like capitalism sucks and like all of these like worldly issues. But at the root of it and the heart of it, we are here to experience pleasure and experiences and like love in a very broad sense, like love for the environment and our friends and our partners and the world and other people and ourselves most of all. Like, and really nourishing that, like, if we go to the spiritual idea that we are all one, it's like loving your neighbor is loving yourself, loving the environment is loving yourself. Like, it's all connected, and being able to fill that up in a meaningful way supports everything when we're doing it like mindfully and holistically, and no harm to anyone else, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the most important relationship I do believe is the one that you have with yourself because you are with you forever. Like that's, that's the deal. Like you, you, you can be in a relationship with someone, but they can die. They can leave you. Mm-hmm. You can leave them. I mean, at, those are the realities of life. Like we, we really can't control whether or not someone's going to be with us till the end of our days, but you have you. So that's why I think it's also like me digging really deep into my own life right now and my own life experience because it's like I'm with me forever so I better make this relationship be the best freaking relationship of my life because if I don't how can I I, how can I expect that to happen with somebody else I I just to me it doesn't make any sense so I just want to make sure that I'm nourishing this relationship with me so I know no matter what happens around me I'm going to be okay because I have me you know what I mean Absolutely. I recently heard um, somebody say that um, loving yourself is like the most meaningful full-time job that you're ever going to have because you can't give from a place that isn't already full. Otherwise, it'll just run you dry. And it's just so important. Has your experience changed moving from your 20s into your 30s and your 40s as you've gone on this path of really finding yourself and thinking about it and unraveling these big questions? Yeah, for sure. Because I think, I think, um, first of all, yeah, like once you get older, I think it's a natural transition that your experience and time just, I think, bestows some wisdom. So there's that. Uh, but I've also, like, I'm so much more aware of myself and so much more intentional about who I am and what I bring to the table. I think I was very passive when I was dating earlier. I think uh, I made it all about the other person before. I think um, I think I was more, I was thinking about this prior to our interview. I was like, I think I was more alone than single. Single to me is being open to whatever comes my way, including a relationship and, be, mm. and, and being open to dating and stuff. I think that's what single means. But I think there was a period of time, particularly in my 30s, when I was alone, meaning like, I wasn't open to dating. And I think I, because of my tendency to be probably very independent, I'm an only child. I'm hyper independent. Uh, There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. So I think uh, for me, it was like, Oh, I'm alone. So I will do these things alone because I'm just so used to being alone without me, you know, but I never, I was like, oh, yeah, but I'm single. But looking back, I was like, no, you weren't single because you actually weren't even open to someone coming in because there there was no place for them to even penetrate 
in, in more ways than one because I was so like, just so like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm hyper independent for am doing this, doing that. So I, I've, I'm not like that now. I've had to come to grips where I'm like, I don't want to be alone. I can be independent, but I want to lean into community more. I want to open myself up to, to people being intimate and vulnerable with me and me being intimate and vulnerable with them because that was another thing that I didn't realize about myself. I wasn't being intimate and vulnerable. I'd have, I, I, I'm very bad with vulnerability. And I never thought that because I was like, oh, I'm writing about sex and relationships all the time. My essays are all about my life. I'm like, of course I'm vulnerable. Of course I'm open. And uh, and then no, I was like, a few years ago, I was like, Brianne, you are not emotionally available. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because like, it's such a great self-reflection of the ways that we show up. And I love that you bring forward um, community because there's this reframe that I've been going through of like, I know that I'm intentionally choosing to be not partnered right now, but I also feel lonely sometimes. And how is it that I feel lonely when a partnership isn't something that I want? And it's really that like finding other ways to connect because I still want intimacy and companionship and connection or somebody to like hang out with or be there when I'm having a bad day. So then how do I cultivate a sense of community and friendships that feel really meaningful and feel really deep? Like I have a great network of friends, but not, I didn't really necessarily until I started to like actively think about it, have like, okay, if you're having a bad day, who would you call? If you're having an emergency, who would you call? And really creating those deep, meaningful connections that fill that space because we all have, we're not islands. We all have a need for community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I was living as an island. I mean, I had friends, but I think as I was saying, because I wasn't fully emotionally available or even understanding what it meant to be intimate or vulnerable with another person, that includes your friendships. Like there is so much to be learned, I think, through relations that are platonic, that are not romantic, that you can learn from and then, you know, integrate them into a romantic relationship eventually. Because you know, I now realize when it comes to friendships, I want open communication. I want like great conflict resolution because conflicts will come up in friendships. And why do we ignore that? Because they definitely will. We're people <laughs> like, you know, and it's important to know that we can have a conflict in a friendship, but still be able to resolve it and come become closer, which is what you would want in a relationship with a partner. So there's just so much to learn about ourselves through other people that doesn't necessarily have to be romantic, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I have like one real, I have a great network of friends, but one really deep friendship um, that is kind of become my person over time, like almost like a family member, even though it's a deep platonic friendship. And um, in many ways, I have kind of questioned as I've gone out, gotten out of a bunch of not healthy relationships, if I actually am getting so many needs met from a platonic friendship emotionally that I'm kind of like, don't even look for that in partners. Mm. I'm like, I look for adventure and sex and Mm. playfulness and fun. But then once I fall in love, then I'm like, oh, but you aren't emotionally available and connected and like, you're not a great emotional partner. And it's like, okay, but I wasn't looking for that because (laughs) I have like Mm -hmm. friendships and so it's like constantly this dance of like, what even does partnership in the romantic sense mean if we do have a rich 
group of friendships, then does it just become about sex or is there something special about like romance and partnership? But so often in society, there's like this pressure to get on the relationship escalator and to get engaged and get the house and get married mm-hmm. and have kids. And then the idea that now I think is more debunked that then then happily ever after, but we know that that's not reality. And it's like when that falls apart, where do you go and how do you create a life beyond that that's still meaningful and rich? And then like once you create that, do you even want a partner anymore? Like now I ask myself these questions, like do I just want somebody to have sex with or do I even care about romantic companionship if it's just, you know, if I already have that in myself? Where have you kind of landed as you've been on this journey or where are you at right now and what that's going to look like for you? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Cause I've, now that we're going into a new year, uh, I definitely have like different ideas of like what I would like to call in. But, um, I think for me, because I've been now saying, Oh, I'm single, I'm single, I'm single. I'm like, okay, Brianne, like, don't, don't like, it's okay. Like have the podcast and talk about it, but like, don't keep talking about that you're single because I feel like you are what you say. So I'm like, okay, universe, I'm sorry. I don't want to keep saying I'm single because that's all I'm going to get. You know what I mean? <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, so I'm trying to be like intentional with like, okay, I, I am single currently, but I would like to date. Uh, I would, I do see myself with a long-term partnership at some point in my life, but I'm also at this point where uh, I've had a lot of expectations on romantic relationships, like the one that I was just kind of in with my ex. and there were so much expectations of like, this is the one and we're going to make this work. And we had such a long history. And I was like, if we had such a long history that it's meant to be, and just all these like limitations, really, because I think expectations can be limitations too, of like what it could be or what it should be actually. And none of those things happened. And I didn't get any of that. And I was so brokenhearted, so disappointed. And I felt in some ways that I had wasted years on this man that I don't think had any intention of giving me anything that I actually wanted. And so now I'm at this point where I don't want any expectations on anyone. And I, and, and that's not to say I won't have boundaries because I think boundaries are important, but I, I won't have expectations. Like if I meet someone who I have chemistry with and there's something there, I'm not going to be like, okay, he's my husband or I have to, we'll see where this goes or he better make me his girlfriend in six months. Like, I don't want any of that crap. I just want to be like, you like me. I like you. We enjoy each other. Let's just see what happens. Like that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, and that sounds a little casual and maybe, maybe it is, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Like, I just know that I don't want any expectations on someone. I just want to know that I feel safe with them, that we have respect and kindness towards each other. But that's that. Like, I don't, We'll see what happens. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I think that's like such a great place to be because so many folks go into relationships like very marriage and future oriented. And to me, like I feel like it's very hard to get to know somebody on a deep level in the first six months or the first year. Like sometimes I don't see qualities in people until like 
several months to a year in and then all of a sudden like, you know, the claws come out and things change and their personalities change. Maybe that's partially I ignore a lot of red flags, but I think a lot of times people are putting their best self forward and then we see who they really are maybe once we move in together or um, start to develop like a deeper relationship. But if by that point, you've already been like, this is my person, we're getting married, like my ex and I, it was like a month and a half into dating, we went to Vegas. And thank God we didn't get married. But damn, we talked about it that whole damn trip. Like we thought about it. And we walked past a couple like little Elvish churches. And we were like, gonna do it. And thank God we didn't because like, Yes, we were riding a high, but we really like I did not see what I needed to know to get out until later on down the line. Um, Yeah. And I think that now there is still that discernment. Like, of course, I don't want to be with somebody that's disrespectful or doesn't value my time or that isn't like making time for me like I have. things that are definite no's, but I really just want to take the time to get to know somebody and to, you know, see what they're about and then start to weigh that against my own compass Mm -hmm. to see if that's right for me. And of course, like if they're not, I want to move, move past, but I don't want to put that pressure on somebody that, um, that, that they're going to fill up my life. Cause again, I'm, I'm filling it up for myself first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And like, also I'm at the point where if I, if it's temporary, it's temporary. Like I think before I used to date with this mindset of like, well, it has to go somewhere. Right. I think it's very common. It's like, well, it has to go somewhere. Why are you also you hanging out with this person? Why are you dating someone? It has to go somewhere. We're, we're somewhere. I don't know, but we all wanted mm-hmm. to go somewhere. Right. And, and now I'm like, I don't know. Does it have to go somewhere? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've also dated people that like I knew oh, we weren't going to get married. I knew yeah. that there were like fundamental differences because you're just like, well, we are having a lot of fun right now. Yeah. You are my fun, you know, late late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, like you are just really fun for what I want right now. And it wasn't like where I was stringing them along or vice versa. It was just this really honest, like, this is never going to work, right? But this Mm -hmm. is fun. Yeah, you're having fun. Okay, so am I. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think those relationships are just as valid. And and I think we don't know that, though. We don't think about that. We don't talk about that. We just think, oh, well, there she's just dating someone else again. Like, okay. You know, it didn't go anywhere. That one didn't work out. And and then again, it's like, oh, yeah, what, what does that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then, oh, now she's single again. It's like, what? Who cares? Like, yeah. why, why is there such a thing of like marriage is the end all and be all, or that it has to turn into a long term partnership? Otherwise, if, if if it doesn't, then there's something wrong with you, or you're obviously, you know, unhappy. And that, yeah. Yeah. And I also think that it speaks to this um, idea of like when a relationship ends, if there were all of these expectations that it was going to go somewhere, this elusive place, right? Then it can be so much more painful when it ends and, you know, the fights about it because you feel like you've invested all this time where I feel like in relationships where we've kind of mutually understood that we weren't 
really compatible in that way, that we were just enjoying the moment and having fun. It gave the opportunity that when it ended, we could be really rich friends because Mm -hmm. all of the stuff that we liked about each other was still there. And we weren't trying to make each other fit in the box of, but this thing annoys me. So you need to change that. And I couldn't marry someone that did this. So that's not going to work. It's like, well, fuck all that. We still enjoy having dinner and hooking up. (laughs) Or like, we're still, we still really like going to concerts together. So why can't we keep those pieces? Right. And why can't that relationship be the the relationship? Like, you know what I mean? Like what you just described to me is actually what I feel like an ideal relationship would be. It's like, because I don't want to change my partner. Like, I don't want to change. I I don't want to change anybody. You know, I want to accept somebody for who they are and vice versa. So I don't, I don't know why we get into this mindset of, of why we think things need to be hard in relationships because they shouldn't be. And I feel like if they're hard, then you're not in the right relationship most of the time. Agreed completely. I love that idea like of not wanting to change someone and also like somebody shouldn't be so eager to shift everything for you. Like I've definitely been in uh, situations where I'm like, hey, I don't think that this is right. Like we're not really compatible, but let's still keep it casual. And then they're like, oh no, no, I'll change it. I'll fix it. I'm like, no, I'm sure that like somebody's going to come along that loves all of those things about you. I'm not saying that they're bad or wrong. Like I, it just doesn't work for me. Like let's still, and, and that if somebody is always kind of in that future fantasy of um, having that the elusive somewhere, you know, because I don't even know if it, it even happens with people that don't want marriage and don't want kids, but they want their forever person. But if we back up from that, it's really just, it, again, the spiritual concept of living in the moment. Does it feel yeah. good in my nervous system? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, I, so I think that's where I'm at right now is like, does do I feel safe because all of my romantic life, I don't know if I ever did because I have more of an anxious attachment. So, so I think for me, it's like, do I feel safe? Does this feel good? Okay. And then what? And then what? And then what? Because I I don't want to just skip two steps. I want to just be the next step and the next step or the next step, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. I have an anxious nervous system too. And I feel like it can be um, such like a trap to wanting that sense of stability and security. Uh, and um, also like the temporariness of relationships really used to bother me, but now kind of coming to a place of peace with it. And I keep reminding myself, at the end of the day, my peace of mind is most important. Mm-hmm. My mental health is most important. And if anything is detracting from that, it cannot be in my life if I can choose for it to go. There's enough that life throws at us and yeah. society and things going on in the world and physical health that we don't need to choose somebody to be in our life that's also actively hurting us. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. And I, far too many people do. And life's too short for that. Like, And honestly, you are better off alone. Like you really are. Because if you have this place where you can be safe within you, you're going to be safe with other people. That's the thing. Like if you know you have you no matter what, and you have created that sense of safety within yourself and security, which is not an easy job, but it's definitely possible. You you'll be okay. Like no matter what happens, you'll be fine. And I think that's why you can enter relationships with more confidence in knowing because you're like, you know what, even if this doesn't work out, I got me, I'm good. And I, I don't need this 
if you're if you're disrupting my peace and bye like I'll peace out you yeah know? there's a huge resilience to it and I think that it really makes us like so strong as individuals and then also in a way like stronger in partnership because yeah. like you said earlier like a partner can pass away they can leave somebody can cheat it's like the more that we like can enjoy a partnership for what it brings to our lives without being reliant on it for all of those things yeah. it also just makes our lives so much more rich what qualities would be like non-negotiable like this person absolutely has to have it for you to be like this is something that can stick around in my life. Um, I was asking, I was having a conversation with some friends last night and I was like, he can't wear baseball caps. Like absolutely not. <laughs> like no way. I don't want to, I don't want any guy to just wear a baseball cap. I hate that look so much. Um, for me, it has to be uh, a sense of reliability. Can I rely on you? Are you reliable? Are you, I don't need a consistent, co- consistent, I think there's a difference between consistency and reliability. I think consistency can be like, oh, I have to text her every day and I have to, no, I don't need that, but I need to know, are you reliable? Are you have integrity? Are you a man of your word? Do your actions meet with your words? Because also I've been fed a lot of words before and I'm like, I'm done with the words. Like (laughs) action is where it's at for me. But that means integrity because I think if someone means what they say and says what they do, they have integrity. So it's huge. Respect is huge. And also someone who's, I think, I really, for me, it's huge if someone just accepts and loves me for who I am, which I think is what we're all looking for ultimately. I think every one of us is looking for that. And so I think that comes from someone who has a great deal of like empathy and compassion for other people and openness. Like I just, somebody who's just like open to life open to change, open to growth, open to different perspectives. I'm not looking to change anyone, but obviously you're going to meet someone who's different from you. So I would love it that we love each other. If we're so different, that's great. But I want us to love each other, our differences. You know what I mean? I don't want us to be like, well, why aren't you more like me? I don't, if, yeah. you know, I don't want that. Like if someone's not into astrology or whatever, sex and dating, whatever. I mean, I want them into, into sex, but like, you know what I mean? Like if that's not their jam and they're totally like logical and scientific, that's great. I don't need you to be like me, but I want you to like appreciate what I like. Like don't yuck my yum. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think that that's so important. I agree with all of those things. Those are all super high on my list too. I think for a long time, I've prioritized excitement and adventure and like passion. And those things are still important to me, but really balanced with like somebody that understands themselves. I think that so many folks like haven't done a lot of self-work on themselves. And like, as I'm doing this self-work, like I'm seeing other people's anxious attachment or like I was really attracted to avoidant attachment. And now that I'm healing that, it's almost like I've flipped it and I'm meeting people that are more like anxious and Mm. I'm like, okay, now what is this that's coming up to be healed? So it's like, they need to have done work on themselves to understand who are they in relationship? What's coming up for them? Like what are their triggers and inner child patterns and like wounding and not that they've needed to have like 10 years of therapy and done a deep dive with internal family systems and all that, but just like some general baseline of like, this is how we communicate when we're upset as adults. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not just like rage quitting the house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Conflict resolution is huge. 
It's like, I, I, I just had a conflict resolution with someone at my work and I have to say it was pretty hot because I was like, okay, we we were arguing, but we came to a resolution and now I respect you more for it and you respect me for it. And I, and I thought to myself, this is what I want in a relationship because that's bound to happen. And I think when we can have a conflict that can be like, not like screaming at each other or trying to like change the other's minds, but you can actually have a discussion about it and be respectful from it. I think that's a turn on myself. And I feel like that's what I want in a relationship. So yeah, it's for me, I used to love the chase. I used to love a bad boy. I used to, you know, but I've I've had that for so long. And I'm like, I don't need that anymore. (laughs) No, I'm so sick of it. (laughs) But like my nervous system still loves it. But yeah, I have to meaningfully distance myself from that. I love that you bring up um, sexuality too, because I know so many folks that get into um, relationships, and then they think about sexual connection second. And then they're like, okay, how do we uh, build this and navigate that we have wildly different kinks and libidos. And that can be a really hard place too. Um, So I think talking about those things openly and really knowing yourself intimately before you get in relationship, like knowing what your own desires are, what what your vibe is, what you enjoy is so important. Um, How has that journey for you manifested as understanding yourself as a sex positive woman and a sexual being? Yeah, it's a surprise to me that I actually am because I didn't have sex until I was 22. So I was late as what I mean I don't like to say that but I don't but I feel like it's a spectrum and I I think that like there's so much pressure it's so weird because like for women identified folks there's like pressure to wait and then it's like but not too late and then it's like okay where's my like Goldilocks window yeah yeah, like it's like it's so it is really ridiculous because it, it I mean sex is such a personal journey that I think, you know, to have these, these like uh, guidelines of like, this is when you should have your first sexual experience is, is silly. But anyway, so I was 22 and I went to a Catholic school and we didn't talk about sex at school and we didn't talk about sex at my house. And it wasn't because I thought it was bad or anything in my house. It just wasn't talked about. So, um, so I really had no compass about sex for a while. I, I, I never thought it was dirty or anything like that. I just, I just didn't have a really big opinion about it. Like I was just like, well, I haven't done it. So I don't know what to say. <laughs> and, um, and then when I met my ex, who actually is the same person I was just referring to when I was 22, um, it was kind of this whole like revelation where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sexually attracted to someone for the first time. Um, my first time was just us hooking up. We actually weren't in a relationship. And then I remember wanting to learn more about it because I'm somebody who's very inquisitive. And I was like, you know what? I should learn more about sex because I want to learn more about why, why is this thing, the thing that we want, how can I make it better? And not just for him. And this was like actually really important for me. And I'm actually like proud of myself. I was like, I want to make it better for me. (laughs) I was like, absolutely. Like, how do I learn to make the sexual experience pleasurable for me like how do I make this something that I want to enjoy and I want to do because it's something that I knew that I wanted but I was like if I'm going to do something I want to enjoy myself do it yeah you know and so back then it was only Cosmo that we had available I know <laughs> same 
<laughs> oh my god, I remember like an old Cosmo magazine. It was so wild. They had like blowjob tips, and one of them was like, put a donut around your partner's <laughs> penis. And I was like, what? But Cosmo, Cosmo was like it was yeah. back in the day. It but, still has great tips. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like the Bible back then, right? And like it gets a lot of flack, but I don't know why, because it, they were actually the only magazine they were literally the only ones talking about it and like like I was probably reading it at like 17 being like what is this donut (laughs) tip but they probably knew that anyone that was old enough to be giving blowjobs knew not to do that (laughs) (laughs) it was probably in there as a joke (laughs) I mean who knows right I mean everyone who knows now we got the grapefruit method we got all kinds we got pop rocks in the mouth there's all kinds of tricks out there there's so many things now but like that was it so that was the bible so I was like I'm gonna read Cosmo I'm gonna I'm gonna learn I'm gonna learn and then um and then I and then I started to be my boyfriend and I were together and then I was I was like I just love sex I was like I just really I would I had a higher libido than he did like I was like I just love sex I want to have sex with you all the time and and then when I merged my career with sex and writing it kind of just worked out that way like it wasn't initially I wasn't writing about sex I was just writing other things but uh, I, I just, I just thought, you know what? I still want to learn more about it. I still want to talk more about it. There's still so much to learn and talk. And I started to do that back in 2010. And it wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I started Slutty Girl Problems back in 2011. And yeah, it was like nobody was talking. There was like Cosmo, Planned Parenthood. And then like, where else do you get your sex ed? That was kind of it. Yeah, it was really, it yeah. was, there was not much to, to, to go to, to learn, to access information about what makes sex good um, and to learn about our bodies and why, why sex is. And that individual experience yeah. that wasn't like through a clinical lens. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so, um, yeah, I got my first sex toy when I was, I think in my early twenties and, and then it kept building from there. And now because I write about sex, I get sex toys every month. Yeah. (laughs) I actually, wait, I need to show you this real quick. It's so cute. I actually just got the magic wand micro. Have you seen these? It's so cute. It's like the size of a keychain. So I haven't (laughs) opened it yet, but I'm super excited to have a travel friendly version. But yeah, it was sex toys um, that really opened it up for me because before when I first started having sex, it was very performative Mm -hmm. to me. And I felt like I had to move a certain way and moan a certain way and look a certain way to please my partner. But I didn't really feel super embodied in it and I didn't even realize that I was just playing like the sex kitten that I saw in porn I was playing a role and once I got my first vibrator I was like oh my god there's something in it for me and then that became my journey too to like actually move towards pleasure and connection and to really be like all right me like throwing my head back in ecstasy doesn't feel authentic so what actually Mm -hmm. feels good to me and particularly when I got the magic wand I had like the OG first with just like the two settings I was like wow there is like a different level that I didn't know I could get to um and like it just it opened my world that my body could feel that way um so was there kind of like a pivotal moment for you and you mentioned also getting your first sex toy that you ever bought Mm -hmm. that you were like like, this is it. I'm, I'm in now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Mine, mine was like a finger. You just put it around your finger and it was battery operated because back then there was no like UCB, like, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah. USB. Yeah. USB. Yeah. Cords. So there was no USB of course. So it was like all battery operated. So like you had to change it. They had double A batteries. <laughs> so, I mean, if they were running out, like, okay, you have to make sure you had some backups, but um, yeah, I think it was me finally. I don't, honestly, it was when people asked me this question because I had my friends who were like, you're so sex positive, Brianne. And I'm like, I don't know how, and I don't know why. I think it's just been a very organic journey for me where I was like, you know what? I'm interested in learning more about my body. I like orgasms. I like to feel a certain, I like to feel sexy. I like to feel in my body. So I'm going to just go down this road and see where it leads me. And so, you know, I, I would go to sex toy shops and I would get sex toys and like, it would be something that I felt was so normal. So I, and I, again, I, I didn't grow up in the household that promoted that, but for me, for whatever reason, it was very normal. I was like, well, yeah, friend, like, let's go to a sex toy shop. Oh, you've never had a butt plug. Like, let's go. Like, like it was just something that I just thought, well, why don't you just try it? You know? So I think it was just, just a part of me that I think just needed, like you said, like unleashing, but that was probably always there. Yeah. Because it was so, because I never felt any shame about it. And I have to like, I'm very lucky because I've never felt shame about exploring my sexuality, buying sex toys, like any of that. So. That's awesome. I came from a Catholic background too. And I definitely was given the like, um, save it till you meet somebody special thing. And then I was like, nobody special is coming around. So what am I waiting for? (laughs) But I had to battle some of that shame. And then it's like, kind of unpeeling layers from there. But um, there is this, uh, even if we don't have shame, there's still this like coming into ourselves as a sexual being that I think you're really speaking to of like, figuring out our bodies in a new way and that from this societal place of not really even talking about it that can just be like a daunting task sometimes but also like an exciting adventure um have you had the experience of like using toys uh with a partner or versus not with a partner and how that's kind of uh been different for you because like for me being solo I was like I get to totally sink into my pleasure but then sometimes like if a partner wants to use it they're also kind of having those expectations of it to be like this very porny thing and I'm like no I'm just literally gonna like close my eyes and come now (laughs) I think toys for me have been something that yes I do associate with my solo pleasure because it's it's when I'm with a partner, I'm very much like, I'm very touch, like I touch oriented. Like I want to feel skin to skin. Um, it's very much about like, um, I did my erotic blueprint. So I'm very much about like, um, like sometimes I don't even need to be, I don't even need, I can have an orgasm just not even being like penetrated. You know what I mean? Like if I'm so in my mind and so stimulated that, that's yeah I can I can come so yeah I feel so I feel like my toy situation is like for me and I'm like this is like for my experience my pleasure no one's here (laughs) except for me and I can like go through my little box of like goodies because there's so many of them and I can have my own little play time but when I'm in as a partner not that I'm opposed to it but I would just really prefer us to explore each other's bodies in a very deeper and sensual way. Not to say that it's always yeah. so deep and I'm, I'm always having spiritual sex because I'm not, 
but I think that's, I prefer to have that human contact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's such like a mind body piece of it. I love that you mentioned um, like our, our, your mind being able to be so turned on that you can orgasm because I've had like energetic orgasms where I've orgasmed without yeah. even being touched. And I'm like, how is it possible for my brain to do that? But in the right set and setting, our bodies can generate so much more pleasure than we know that we're capable of. And sometimes it's like, um, I feel like toys are an elevator to get there and they're like a help helpful assistance and a helpful tool to get to a place that uh, we want to go. And there's like so many ways that we can explore pleasure whenever folks are like um, chatting about sex uh, and they have like this limited view. Like I'll work with couples that are like, we're not having a lot of sex. I'm like, well, how are you defining sex? Because if you're just defining it by penis and vagina penetration, it's you're going to be having it a lot less often than if you're thinking about cuddling and making out and using hands and like your mouths. Like there's just so many other ways to enjoy eroticism that don't have to do yeah. with penetration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such an important point because I have to say too, as a single person, uh, as much as like, sure, I would, I would love someone to fuck me sure but it's like I miss the making out I yeah. miss the touching mm. I miss the cuddling and so that is such an integral part of what makes me feel a- alive which yeah. makes me feel like a woman that makes me feel desired so I think there is a lot of emphasis on orgasm all the time but yeah. I I want to say to people who are in couples like but when you don't have that person in your life who can touch you on a regular basis honestly, like a nice neck massage is like a biggest turn on like that can be mm-hmm. ero- erotic, because it's it's just nice to have someone who who can give that to you. Totally. You know? Oh, my gosh, I resonate with that so much. Because for me, it's so much more about like the energy of like play, and almost playing that like cat and mouse, like dance with somebody where like you're teasing, and then you're backing up and you're both smiling, and then like you're biting. And it's this like, very back and forth, like playful thing that when I'm having sex with somebody that is like, I'm gonna make you come first, right? Because that's what is the nice thing, because I'm a nice guy, you know, I'm gonna make you come and then I'm going to come. But it didn't feel like really playful and Mm. embodied. It was just like, you come now, I come, you know, it was just like, all right, we missed like a whole connection here that just could have been really fun. It's that it wasn't actually about the sex or the orgasm. It was about all those little like smirks and teases Mm. in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's exciting. Like, mm-hmm. that's so exciting. And like, it's like when you have a, a crush on someone for the first time, how exciting is that, right? Like, you just like, you, you get a little smile and you're like, oh my God, I'm like yeah. so turned on. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so then if we're like rushing through that, that, I don't know, yeah. it just, it makes it more, way more about like the genitals than the connection, which isn't, right. isn't the move. Yeah. Right, right, right. And and then again, like you said, it's kind of like a paint by number situation where you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to go down on you now. And then I'm going to and then I'm going to mount you and then we're done. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, now I feel like I can actually tell by somebody's sexting where they're like, all right, first, I'm going to bend you over the bed, then I'm going to throw you on the bed, then I'm going to roll you around on the bed. And I'm just like, all right, where was any of the fun in that? Because I just feel like I was thrown around in a porno. So if that's how you're sexting, the sex isn't going to be that good. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, yeah. 
So, I mean, that's, and I think that's the missing key of, of like intimate relationships. Like, I mean, sure, we can have maybe porno sex once in a while. Fine. Like, whatever. It's not going to kill me. And maybe it can be good, <laughs> right? But like, the, yeah, like the flirting, like you said, or, or just being really in tune to each other and being really spontaneous and organic and seeing where that leads and not have focusing on like, okay, I'm going to make you come. Like, <sighs> Like that's so intense. It's like, oh my god, okay, I probably will. <laughs> my vagina is scared now. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like I probably would have come a lot easier or like natural if you just like were more like in tune with my body and yeah. like in the moment with me, rather than being like, okay, well, this is going to happen. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> take the pressure off and like let's just enjoy making out, you know, and just enjoy yeah, yeah. being present. I think it's really about being present. And if somebody can't be present in sex, in a relationship, in dating, it comes also back to self awareness. Like, are you aware of the energy that you're bringing to the table? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's all important qualities. Yeah, it is, and I think. I, and again, like a good kiss, like honestly is will knock my socks off. Like I, they're, they're, I, I know everyone's going for like, Oh, I just want to feel good with that orgasm. And like, yeah, orgasms are great. But like, sometimes just a nice, juicy kiss is better than an orgasm. I know sometimes. I could like, I could get wet and come from like the best kiss, honestly, like yeah. <laughs> it's so much, it's so much hotter than just penetration, which can honestly be so boring. It, dep- it depends, right? It depends on the energy and the energetics. And I think that yeah. that's like really good wisdom to bring forward. But I think like kind of so much of we've been talking about has been coming back to these energetics. How do I feel solo? How do I feel during sex? How do I feel in connection and dating? What advice would you have for somebody that might be either new on their single journey or new to dating or finding themselves wherever they are on the single to being wanting to be in partnership continuum uh, advice for just really tuning into their own energetics and their own wisdom as they go on this journey I would say that First of all, like you owe it to yourself to do that. So give yourself permission because no one's going to give you permission to do that. And so you need to find it within yourself to give yourself permission that you do deserve to have a really amazing, nourishing, loving relationship with yourself and to be very intentional about that decision that you're going to do and to make that kind of like your mission in life and to know that like it's not a trend. Like master dating is this trend, right? I'm taking myself out on a date and this is a, and it's like, I did a TikTok on this and it's like, it's not a trend. That's like a life skill like yeah. to be able to, to, to date yourself and to get to know yourself is a life skill and, and, and it's worth investing in because you're worth investing in. So I think it really comes down to you realizing your value and self value and, and worth without a partner. And, I- and Yeah. I love that so much. I was going to say like sometimes on my favorite date, and especially when I got out of um, my toxic relationship, like we loved to go and have nice cocktails at nice cocktail bars. It was something we did all the time. But 
now like I, you know I missed that and I'm, I would go out to cocktail bars and take myself out I was like I'm honestly having so much more fun because I yeah. don't need to worry about his drunk ass getting mean or <laughs> saying something nasty or whatever like I'm having a good old time here by myself with my yeah. journal and my book or whatever the heck I'm doing like and then maybe chit chat with somebody else at the bar it can be really fulfilling and really meaningful yeah. to just be with ourselves it can and it, and it can be a lot of fun and honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying this is, this is the point, but the last two times that I've taken myself out on a date and sat at the bar, I've talked to and met two men, Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's because, you know, I would, I would think because my energy is open. My energy yeah. is like, I'm having fun with me. Cause like, that's the thing. Like if you really like enjoy your own company and you're good with you, that attraction that energy and we're just talking about energy a lot like that's just going to radiate and you're just going to become a magnet to people so you don't even have to I'm not to say you don't have to go on a dating app because it's fine but like my point is you don't have to think like oh I can only meet a person through a dating app or be so like procedural about it like if your energy is so good you're going to magnetize people into your world and so you get to choose then you know you you don't have to be chosen you get to choose and I think, I think that is that. so true. <laughs> it's like when I am feeling my best, like solo single, and I'm like, I don't even want to date anybody. I'm just going to focus on me. All of a sudden, it's like the floodgates open and people are yeah. just like coming up to you left and right. And it's this like channel that you've turned on where you're just like, yeah. I'm radiating this energy out. And all of a sudden, even though I didn't want to date, yeah. it's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you'll meet, and that's when you'll meet someone. I mean, that's not the point of doing it, but it's just ironic. That, that happens because you're so good with you that you're going to just like you said just you're just going to open up the door for someone to come in and hopefully because you've done that work on yourself you're attracting someone who's so good for you you know and and because like you're so good with you you won't care if it works out or not which is yeah. the icing on the cake absolutely yeah. and it comes back to this thing of like, well, I'm not, if, I'm not even gonna let it disturb my peace. If it deserves my peace, yeah. it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you and then you can, you know, just go thank you next, I guess. But like, mm-hmm. you can just like, just, but it's so important just to cultivate your own life, like period. Because as I said, like, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring people can leave you and die and all that stuff. But like, if you have the relationship with yourself, you, you'll take that forever with you. And your life has no choice but to be better once you really start loving yourself for and living the life for yourself and not for another person. Absolutely. That's some really powerful wisdom to take. And I'm just so glad that we had this convo because I definitely had a lot of questions as I'm on my single journey. It's just been so beautiful to get your wisdom and insights and experience. I feel so much more confident and secure, like knowing that I am making a really powerful choice for myself and to keep building that relationship with myself. So thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable here with me. And I'm so excited. Everybody should go listen to your podcast seriously single and go to your newsletter. It's amazing. Where can everybody find you and your work? Yo, thank you so much for coming or <laughs> coming on my show. I'm so well, used to yeah, saying so that. I'm going to be on Brian's <laughs> show coming up. So definitely go listen to Seriously Single because I'll be on there too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, yes, you will be. But, yeah, but thank you so much for, <laughs> for um, inviting me on the show and having this conversation. It's like, I really think it's a really important one to have. Um, and people can find me at uh, briannehogan.com. It's my my website. My link to my Substack newsletter is there as well. 
and add and on an Instagram free Hogan. And what are some of the it. favorite topics that you've talked about on your podcast so far? Um, one of the most in the most popular one was, is astrology fucking up my love life? So that was a really popular episode. Which Oh my God. My last three serious partners have all been Aquariuses with their moon in either Aries or Scorpio. And all three of them had their Pisces and Venus and, and two of them were left-handed. And I was like, how am I picking the same person oh, wow. <laughs> with the same chart? So I think there's a lot of truth to astrology in our love lives yeah. for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's un- yeah, that's unreal. So yeah. that's a bit of popular po- episode um, because we go through like how the planets affect our love lives and how um, sometimes, according to our charts, like we could be in a period of time where singleness is actually important. Like we we actually are in a time where the stars are like, yeah, you're single. You should be single right now. Wow. So, Do you talk about how to determine that on the episode of like how to figure out based on your astrology what what period you're well, in? It really does depend because it's all individual based on your natal chart. But mm. um, but uh, Ocean, the astrologer, she goes into um, like, like the planets and the houses to to look out for, cool, and, and to know about. So that was for some people who like astrology. I thought that was pretty fascinating. And um, the other one that was a pretty powerful one was untangling your dating patterns that I had with. Um, Dr. Karin and we talked a lot about really like I went really open and deep with my last uh, relationship and really about what it is to untangle your patterns so you can stop doing what you've done so you can date better and and, come, and coming to a better place of peace and forgiveness with your partners because that's the only way I think you can fully like move on and change because if you still carry a lot of resentment I don't think that's it's not going to bode well for your dating life. <laughs> oh so. my gosh, yeah, it is it is not a great place to be. We really need to like let go and release so much and um just not be not be focusing on all of that. Like I've definitely been through periods where I've had to grieve a relationship and untangle all the like narcissistic patterns and traits and go through that whole like trauma unraveling. And then there's just a certain point where you're like, all right, now I get to live life for me. Like I'm out of that. I'm out of that situation. Now I get to move forward. And what does that look like? How do I build those foundations? And I think that your podcast and so many of the topics you are talking about really speak to building that sense of self and connection and um, facing those challenges. So it has just been so raw and deep and I really appreciate your wisdom. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's been, it's been great. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, my pleasure seekers. What an amazing convo with Brienne. I am so excited. It was so beautiful and oh, just lit me up. Thank you for being here. You can go like, subscribe, leave a review, give it five stars. It really helps the podcast so much to reach new folks. And I am just so appreciative of you always. You can also go down to the link in my coaching below. Again, it's open for 2024 and I would love to support you on your journey 
journey with whatever you're going through, you can just send me a note. Feel free to DM me on Instagram um, if you want to give a little chat and see if it feels right for you. But whenever you fill out that form, we'll also connect via there to answer all your questions and feel into if it's the right fit for you. I love working with folks that are on all different legs of the journey, whether you yourself are single and just navigating that journey or whether you want connection, whether you're in a connection. There are just so many deep things that I love to go into with folks. So, so excited to connect with you there. And you can also get the link to Magic Wand down below. It was so fun chatting with Bree about uh, our favorite toys and using them in relationships. And Magic Wand is truly my tried and true. That is always in my bedside drawer, always in my van. I have a bunch of them, like Brianne said, that, uh, you know, you just find your little goodie drawer full of things. And I am always reaching to the magic wand again and again. So thank you to Magic Wand. And I am fully standing behind that they are uh, the vibe of the century. So you can go get that all in the link below. Until next time, pleasure seekers, I will see you on Instagram at Slutty Girl Pods and at Lorejo. And looking forward to exploring pleasure with you next time. 